You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how to deal with doubt. Doubt can be really troublesome. And uh, a lot of people are trying to outthink doubt. You cannot outthink doubt. You can't get rid of doubt just by changing or trying to change your thinking. There's another way. And so uh, I want to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, which says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Hope to the end for the grace of that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, when Peter talks about girding up the loins, and, and, and Paul talked about the armor of God, and he talked about the loins, uh, the loins are the mind. Uh, they are your thoughts. The loins are where your reproductive system is. And what you receive in your mind is eventually born into reality in some way or another. Uh, that's why Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. I feared it and feared it and feared it. He received it in his mind, probably spoke it, and it happened. And so uh, it, it's a seed. Satan comes at your mind with seeds. You have to reject those seeds. You can't just absorb them. Uh, I had a friend who had a terrible tragedy in his life, and he was telling me that he had a premonition of this tragedy. And he said, but it happened anyway. He said, I prayed, and I said, but let me ask you this. When you had those troublesome thoughts, did you immediately resist them, rebuke them, and speak out loud to them? You know, when Jesus told Peter and the disciples that he would have to go to the cross, Peter took him, shook him, and said, Not so, Lord, this is not going to happen to you. And Peter didn't know it, but he was being used by the devil to try to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. Jesus immediately responded verbally, out loud, said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You do not savor the things that be of God, but the things which be of men. Jesus wasn't rebuking Peter, but he responded to the spiritual force that utilized Peter in that moment. And sometimes even good people yield to the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, because there's something that flies into the mind and they feel like they have to say it. Now, <clears throat> the greatest danger that an athlete faces, especially if he's a runner, is pulling a muscle, and particularly in the groin or the hamstring. Hamstrings are the back of the leg, groin would be in the front. And so these are the loins. And so what you conceive in your mind will eventually be born. That's why it's important that you reject it. Now, you don't have to worry that just because you have the thought that it's going to happen. I've had all kinds of horrible thoughts about my children, about my career, about different things, and uh, they didn't come to pass. I remember one time I was traveling to preach, and a thought came to me as I was actually in the jetway boarding an airplane. And the thought came to me, this airplane is going to crash. And uh, so I thought, what do I do with that? Do I turn around and walk off? And, and the thing is, 
I started realizing that my God is so good that if it was going to crash, I would have had a number of warnings about this well before it happened. It isn't going to be something that comes to me just as I am about to step on the plane and board the plane because I listen to God. I listen to God all the time. I pray. I'm in fellowship with God. Why would God wait till the last minute, catch me at the jetway and say, don't get on this plane? Uh, so th the thing I want you to see is uh, a lot of people have these ideas that uh, you, you just roll with these things, let them pass, don't pay any attention to them, shrug them off, but it's important to respond. Now listen, James tells us how to deal with the doubts that come to our mind. He said in James chapter 3, verse 2, For in many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man or a mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now pay attention to this. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. We're so much weaker than the horse, but we can turn the mighty strength of a horse and turn his body completely around because we control their mouths. With James 4, uh, one, uh, 3, 4, Behold also the ships, which, though they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, or decides to go, whether he wants to go. He turns the wheel, or the ship turns a tiny rudder, and the rudder steers that ship. Now the same thing happens with your tongue. Uh, there have been many times that I have had horrible thoughts come to my mind, and I realize, okay, I, I'm not just going to think these away. And I begin to speak the Word of God out loud. I say it so that I can hear it with my own ears. It is remarkable. It's remarkable how quickly my mind is completely subjugated by my mouth. Your mouth will control your mind. If you're having a difficult time with your thoughts, put the Word of God on your mouth. Now let me show you how Christ illustrated the strength of speaking like this. You have to remember, Jesus operated perfectly in spiritual laws, spiritual principles, therefore he got much more immediate results. I'm going to read from Mark 11, verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree far off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now they may not have paid a lot of attention to it, but they did hear that he said it. And the Bible says in the next uh, little bit, here in verse 20, same chapter, In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, says to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering says unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. In other words, this is how God's faith works. And so he emphasizes the importance of speaking in this next verse. Verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, 
He shall have whatever he says. Now, you know where most people make mistakes? Nobody would ever say believing is not important. But people all the time criticize and attack the idea that someone is speaking the Word of God. Even in the church world, if you are a person who believes that there is power in speaking the Word of God, I promise you there will be other believers who will rise up and criticize you for speaking the Word of God. They will say you're part of an extreme group. You think you can name it and claim it. They have all kinds of nicknames for that. But nobody, interestingly, begins to attack you for believing. We attack people for saying. Now, this is interesting to me because when Jesus was teaching this, he talked about saying the Word of God three times, but believing it only once. Now, that doesn't mean that saying is three times as important as believing. Believing is as important as saying. But you and I are more prone not to say it. We fall back many times and refuse to speak. We try to reason this out with the thoughts of our mind instead of just simply laying claim to what God has said. Now, you don't just casually lay claim to what God has said. This is something you need to study in and something you need to be convinced of. Uh, listen to what David said in Psalm 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 39.1, I will keep my mouth with a bridle. Psalm 141.3, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Now that's interesting. He said that your lips are a door. So I can shut the door on those negative thoughts that don't need to be there. I can shut that door with my lips. This is what God told Joshua. And Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 is he is preparing to lead the children of Israel. I love this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Now, you know what? If that was written today by the average Christian, they would rewrite it and say, this book of the law shall not depart out of your heart. Because we are so much more conditioned to elevate the heart over the mouth. God doesn't do that. God gives them equal position. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Now, meditate means to chew on it. And it's both inward and outward. Meditate means to speak it. Sometimes I have a hard time focusing on what it is I need to be praying about or thinking about, or maybe on a verse or maybe on some leading God has given me. But when I begin to outwardly declare God's word, it is amazing how my mind and heart are focused on what he has said. There's tremendous power in that. Satan doesn't want you to know that. And that's why so many of God's children are riding that spiritual roller coaster because one minute they're speaking what the Word of God says and the next minute they're talking about how they feel or what their circumstances are or what the condition is of things around them. And, and you cannot give place to that 
with the words of your mouth. The surest way to be defeated in a spiritual battle is to begin to speak every negative thing that you're feeling. It, it will take you to ruin. And that's why you put a watch over your mouth. And it's something we have to continually practice. It doesn't come easy. But you can discipline yourself. And I, I, I have watched people, I know people, who refuse to speak negative words, fearful thoughts. Uh, that scared me to death. I don't know what I'm going to do. Why would you say, I don't know what I'm going to do? You do know what you're going to do. You're going to trust God. You may not have the specific information. You may not have all the details, but you're going to follow the Lord. You have to choose not to start talking against what God wants to do. I'm not going to be confused. I choose today not to be confused. Instead of waking up in the morning and just beginning to let it come out of your mouth, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I'm so confused about my next move. I do not, well, Just because you don't have all the information doesn't mean that you have to embrace confusion. A person who's confused is opening up to darkness, spiritual ignorance. But see, when you say, I will follow God, I am his sheep, I follow him, I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I do not hear. By the way, that's in John chapter 10. You need to convince yourself of that. Say that out loud. When you do, you're going to be blown away at how much more confidence you're going to have in your own relationship with God. Well, time's up for today, but I guarantee you we're not going to quit right here. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.